Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here's what's on the podcast today. But uh, hold on. Wait a second. Is that your lockdown? Is that? I don't think your lockdown's hard enough, man. I think you need some help with that lockdown. That that lockdown isn't hard enough at all. What is a hard lockdown that's coming up? Stay with us. Where do you think you are going? Exactly. You. I know you. Right now. Where are you going? Is that essential what you're doing right now? Are you sure? 100% Hundo P, you got to do this thing. This is the thing you got to do. You got to do it 100 but you can't. No. Because here's the thing. Is this lockdown deal we have here in the province of Ontario, this gray category, the Toronto and Peel and Hamilton and Windsor, that's nothing. That is not a lockdown. I've been saying this since the get-go. Why do we call it a lockdown? And guess where we are right now? Now we need new terminology. We need a new nomenclature. We need a new word. And what do we got? We have the hard lockdown. Bring it. I'm sorry. Is your lockdown hard enough? Is your lockdown suffering from flaccidity? Softness? Is it too malleable? Can you push it around? Well, perhaps your lockdown needs to be harder. That is exactly what we are going straight for today in Ontario. After we just got the update, the modeling, the news, all the numbers from the doctors, the big, the tall foreheads, as my producer Mary would say. And what did they have to say? What they had to say was things are still bad. I'm going to take you through what's actually in the modeling update because it is fascinating to look at what the numbers say and how that matches up with the messaging. What I can tell you is over the course of that update, we heard the term hard lockdown, hard lockdown over and over again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does your lockdown need maybe some pharmaceutical help a pill maybe that, that is weak yet your lockdown is weak is what it is doug so today at one o'clock the dofo show today on a very special dofo show the doug ford show with an announcement exactly about what in what are we talking about what is on the table everything's on the table right now so everything's on the table okay Okay, we're not talking about the cheesecake recipe, right? Because that's a problem. Because if you're having grandma over for some of your cheesecake, folks, you can't do that. What is with the cliffhangers and this government? Does Doug Ford think he is the showrunner for Game of Thrones? Like, man, this will get him coming back. On Friday, stay tuned. Big announcement coming on Monday. And then Monday morning, we got the doctors out there saying, we need a hard lockdown. And the reporters say, what does that mean? And and what do the doctors say? Stay tuned for a very special DOFO show at one. Wait, uh, is he just trying to drive ratings at this point? So that's what's coming up at 1 o'clock. Of course, we'll bring that to you here on the... Global News Radio Network. So let's get back to what do we what do we mean when we say hard, hard, hurry, hard lockdown? What does that mean? 
Well, the doctors, they didn't say what it will mean for Ontario, but what they did say is here's what a hard lockdown has meant in other jurisdictions like in France and in Australia where they showed all of these great graphs. And again, not nearly enough pie charts. No, no pie. Why more pie charts, please, next time, doctors? So, but what the charts show is places like France and Australia, where they had a quote-unquote hard lockdown that lasted for four to six weeks. That's what the doctors are calling for here in Ontario, a hard lockdown, four to six, preferably six weeks. And what it was is a strict restriction on movement, and that would be you got to stay home unless you got a reason to go somewhere. And in both of the cases that we just talked about, Australia and France, curfews. Curfews, people. I'm sorry. Do you have a reason to be out past 10 p.m., sir? I'll bring you a couple of peaches for that great great question. i got a whole basket of them here. You better have a reason to be out, youngster. Don't make me call your parents. Curfews. And strong enforcement. On no movement. In other words, if you're on the 401 and you're driving along and you got, you got a car full of presents all wrapped up, like, buddy, where are you off to? You best be, you best be delivering just to curbside to door fronts. You best not be going in some house. So I, I listened and, and watched this uh, presser from... Uh, Dr. Brown, uh, Adelstein Brown, and also uh, Barbara Yaffe, who's the Associate Medical Officer of Health. And they went through the numbers, and as I said, they pointed out, here's what hard lockdown meant in other places. No indication what exactly it will mean here. Uh, Here are some of the details from the modeling presser. Um, it, and this is where it became really interesting because, really, if you took a higher level at, they do this every two weeks, and I watch them all. I, I can't get enough of it. it this is the truth. I'd like to tell you that I watch these uh, press conferences and the modeling and all the rest of it. I do it because I do it for you, out of uh, sense of uh, of you know community good. You know, that I would watch it and then you know be able to tell you what was in it. But the fact of the matter is, if I didn't have this job. I'd just be sitting at home, you know, in some stained leisure wear, watching it anyway. Because that's just me. But that's neither here nor there. So what this is what it showed, is that we have seen over the last two weeks an 83% increase in ICU usage because of COVID-19. And that is a, a frightening number. But it is actually down from the last update. Two weeks ago, it was almost 150%. So it has come down. Again, I mean, th- that is nothing to crow about, an 83% increase in ICU use. What the numbers did show is that we are managing to plateau slightly. We're still going up, and we've seen the numbers as they creep up over 2,000, but it hasn't shot up. We haven't done the worst-case scenario, but we have now seen this ICU usage go up, and and this is where it gets very sobering, is that with a 0% increase in COVID cases, 
any case whatsoever, no matter what happens, even if it was zero, which it is not going to be, we would be above 300 beds in the ICU by the end of the year. With a 3% increase, which is about where we are, we're actually above that, it would be 600 beds in the same time frame. With a 7% increase, which is very much something that is within the possibilities, within the scope of what could happen in the province if contacts are not limited, that's over 1,500 ICU beds being taken by COVID patients. And that seems, you could just sort of say, well, those are a bunch of numbers, and what doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know anybody who is in an ICU, and I whatever. Give me my tinfoil hat. I'm heading out, you know, to do whatever. But the reality is this, is that if there's that many people with COVID in ICU beds, the access to care for people with other problems that it becomes very limited, whether you have a heart attack, whether there's an accident, you name it. You can't get an ICU bed. They're all taken. And I love this. Here's another thing that just popped up at the uh, modeling today. Dr. Uh, Brown had this one to say, and it stuck right out to me. Because I hear this time and time again. People will call this radio station, call me. They write me emails. They talk about the flu. Alan? It's like the flu. It's just, why are we getting so, why are we doing this? It's like the flu. Well, a new report uh, quoted by Dr. Brown today said that the death rate from COVID is about five times the seasonal flu with much higher instances of patients ending up in ICUs, in hospitals for protracted stays. So please, for the love of the hard lockdown. Can we stop with this malarkey about it's just like a flu? Please. What's it going to take? I mean, I don't I don't want you to freak out. Unless freaking out is the thing that you're going to need to do the right thing now. And I say that because that is really in a way where we are. Because if you look at what the modeling numbers said, they are frightening, absolutely, uh, concerning. We are at a crisis stage. Things have to be done. But <laughs> in this weird way, the modeling numbers today were moderately better than they were two weeks ago. So, you know, if you take that as your metric, then it doesn't really make sense that well, we're ringing all the alarm bells right now because it wasn't like the update today said something more concerning that we heard two weeks ago or four weeks ago. The issue is that what the modeling does show is that it the lockdown light that we have hasn't had an impact. The people are still out there. They're still going about their business. We say lockdown. What's lockdown? But that's not what it is, because it's flabby. It's a, you're, you're locked down, I'm sorry, is a little bit pudgy around the waist. Your lockdown's got COVID waste, is what it does. It's, it's a little flaccid, a little flabby. And as a result, we know going into this holiday couple of weeks, we know what's going to happen. 
People are going to get together. They're going to do things. They're going to say, well, you know, it's not so bad. And I'm sure we're fine and we'll be safe and all the rest of this. And the evidence is that if we increase our contacts or even remain at the same level, we are going to have a real crisis in healthcare. people. What is it that it's going to have to take to convince you? Is it a cliffhanger dofo show? Is that the thing that's going to convince you? Is that why we're doing it this way? Stay tuned for a very special Doug Ford dofo show today. Where we actually might find out something. And I want to play this for you. Because the reporting that we have is that whatever is announced today in terms of a hard lockdown is it will come into effect. Like the initial reporting would be that it would come into effect on Christmas Eve. Like somehow the restrictions were going to come down the chimney with a fat guy. But now the reporting is that it'll be on Boxing Day on the 26th so that, you know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, let's get a big screen TV and head out to the mall. Here's the quote, but why are we waiting? Why are we waiting? Listen to this. As Barbara Yaffe, again, the Associate Medical Officer of Health, we give her, the reporters give her the following. They give her the what, when, where, how, and sometimes why. Listen to the doctor. Uh, I know there have been many emergency meetings and discussions over the weekend with the Premier, Cabinet, and, and, and uh, experts to figure out uh, what the best thing to do is and uh, to do it um, I would say, obviously, as soon as possible, but also giving time for people to prepare for the changes that are coming. Okay, so do it right away, but, you know, don't do it right away. Uh, And as for what's in it, um, the hard lockdown, well, you know, stand by, because Doug Ford's coming up at 1 o'clock. You know what? Doug Ford has turned the doctors and medical officials in this province into Actors who are starring in some kind of serial, and then they go on to, you know, the late night TV shows. They go on to Colbert, and Colbert asks them a question, uh, you know, and, the, and then they say, well, I just couldn't believe it when I read the script myself. Uh, all I can tell <laughs> I you. say whatever they write down for me. <laughs> all I can tell you is, well, I, you know, I can't give it away, Stephen, but just you're just going to have to watch the show. I think the fans are, are really going to be satisfied. I get, why are we doing it this way? Why, why are we why are we making people watch the update and say, what in the world's a hard lockdown? It's like, well, stay tuned. Part two coming up just after Fonzie jumps over this shark. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, you know, people write to me. People write in. They write to my email, which is alan.carter. That's A-L-A-N, the accurate way of spelling Alan. A-L-A-N dot Carter at globalnews.ca. They also DM me. My DMs are open. What does that mean? My DMs are open My, uh, on Twitter at A Carter Global. If you want to get a message to me, you want to wig out, you want to freak out, you want to rant. I mean, we all should metaphorically have our own small closet in a basement in Don Mills in which to shout, which is precisely what I get to do. And... Inexplicably, they pay me for it. I don't, I, I still, I hope none of the bosses are listening because they're like, what, we pay them still? Here's what Brad just wrote to me. 
I'm sure the boss was like, didn't we fire that guy 10 years ago? How is he still here? Uh, Brad writes to me because in our last segment, uh, I talked about this new study that is out about the flu. Uh, And it was quoted by Dr. Brown at the press conference this morning in which he pointed out that the death rate is about five times higher for COVID-19 than the flu. And that does not take into account the higher instances of patients being in ICUs and being in hospitals for long stays. And Brad writes, the stat about flu is BS. The COVID-19 deaths are fake. You really believe 100% deaths, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so that, so see, I just, I put that, here's why I read that, is sometimes it's important to engage guys like Brad and to say, look, I don't think I'm going to change your mind. I don't, I don't think anything, any ranting I do in this closet, probably not going to change that guy's mind. It's not going to happen. All I can do is tell you what the facts and the figures are and let you know that we're at, a crisis point we're at a crossroads and that we absolutely have to do something about it and and just simply saying you know oh well they should have figured this out in march how come they didn't figure it out in march <laughs> you know we knew that we knew all along there was a second wave coming and here it is and here's the thing that, that we also kind of knew what happened but now is absolutely terrifying sounding this whole thing about a new variant in the UK, of course, you know that Ottawa has restricted travel from the United Kingdom for 72 hours in a bid to keep what is being described as a contagious mutation of the virus from reaching Canada. And immediately you hear this and you think, oh, come on. Seriously? 2020? You're going to hand me this? This is, the, this is the baton handoff into the next year you're giving us? It wasn't bad enough? Dr. Colin Furness was on this radio station talking about this strain because obviously when you hear about this, you think, well, this is very worrying. Let's begin with Dr. Furness, who explains how it was, uh, Dr. Furness, by the way, is an epidemiologist, how it was that scientists actually spotted this new strain. You spot it by doing a genomic analysis. So you, you look very carefully at the genome and you look for differences that way. And that's an important thing to do. We know that, that the coronavirus mutates far more slowly than it would nor- we would normally expect. It's actually got a gene that does proofreading when it copies. And ironically, and that, that's unusual, it's very unusual, ironically that's good news for us, the fact that it mutates very slowly. That's one of the only good news discoveries about coronavirus that I've heard. That said, it still mutates. It still mutates, that's Dr. Colin Furness. So that gets us to how we found it. So the strain mutates, and then now that it's mutated, <laughs> million-dollar question, I think, on, on everybody's mind is, whoa, what does that mean for the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine, any other vaccines that might be approved in the next couple of months? Here is Bogey, Dr. <laughs> Isaac Bogosh, the Bogsters, uh, who, Bogey, who is actually on the vaccine rollout task force here in the province of Ontario. Here's Bogey answering that million-dollar question we all have. The big question is, you know, what's this? What does this viral variant actually do? Is it more transmissible? Might be, but it, you know what? It's not entirely clear if it is. It, it certainly might be. Does it cause more severe illness? Most people don't think it, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it would be great to have some data. 
And the other, I think the million-dollar question is, what is the efficacy of the vaccine going to be on this strain? And again, most, most virologists uh, are saying that it's unlikely to impact the vaccine uh, efficacy. So, but again, we don't know for sure. So uh, out of an abundance of caution, we're seeing some travel restrictions pop up. That is Dr. Isaac Bogosh talking about the travel restrictions out of the UK being an abundance of caution. And most of the experts agree that the the changes or the modifications within the virus that might be seen in this new strain in the UK, those changes are not significant enough to make the vaccine any less effective, which that takes a load off on a day when we're worried about a hard lockdown. And it also means that hopefully we will all just get the vaccine when it's available. And here's an important update. The Vatican people, the Vatican, has now declared that it is morally acceptable, that is in quotes, it is morally acceptable for Roman Catholics to receive COVID-19 vaccines based on research that used fetal tissue from abortions. So there you go. That is out of the uh, Vatican. So it's it's good for Roman Catholics. I was raised as a Baptist. I can tell that uh, for the Baptists out there that uh, uh, no scientist played cards or did any dancing during the development of the vaccine. So Baptists are allowed to take it as well. We're back in a moment with your answers to the following question. Do we need curfews? curfews, youngster. That's what we're talking about. That might happen exactly today, this afternoon, the DOFO show. Do we need a curfew in the province of Ontario? Your call is at 416-870-6400. We are half an hour away from today's very special DOFO show. For sure, watch the Doug Ford show today at 1 o'clock. We're going to get the announcement on what appears, what reportedly is going to be a province-wide lockdown that will come into effect on Boxing Day. Previous reporting had been that it would be on Christmas Eve, but no, it's going to be Boxing Day, uh, and that it'll be a long lockdown for the southern portion of the province. The north will be have a shorter lockdown. It appears that kids will not be going back to in-class schooling on the 4th, that there will be perhaps a week, maybe more, of virtual schooling, high school students may not return to in-person classing for an extended period of time. We're waiting for all of that. Plus, we just heard from the doctors, the big docs here in the province who gave us new modeling information and talked about the need for a hard lockdown, quote-unquote hard lockdown. Here's what I don't recommend doing today is uh, starting a drinking game where every time... Somebody at a press conference says hard lockdown because you would be, I mean, you would be passed out already if you had started that at 11 o'clock this morning. If you start now, you might make it 25 more minutes and then you'd be just out. And maybe that's kind of where you want to be today because it's not an easy day. As we talk about hard lockdown, what does it mean? The doctors talked about in several portion parts of the world that have had quote unquote hard lockdowns, what they've had are curfews. Curfews. The good thing about having a curfew is it makes you feel younger. I feel like a teenager now that I have, you know, possibly might have a curfew. But my question for you at 416-870-6400 is, do we need some kind of curfew where it's like, if you don't have a reason to be out past 10 o'clock, mister, then you best get inside the house. 
Where are we going to go? We're going to go to Frank on line two. Frank, do we need a curfew? Hi, Alan. Yeah, I, I do think that we do need a curfew. I, I remember the first lockdown, first wave in New York City, they had a curfew, and it seemed to work quite well. Um, I, I do think we need it in Ontario, uh, particularly in the GTA. And I think anyone under the age of 18, uh, say, for example, uh, they can't be outside and can't be, uh, they can't be out after, say, 8 or, eight or 10 o'clock at night. Why, why the youngsters? Why not everybody? Why, I mean, why, why the minors? Uh, the reason I say that is because they're the ones that seem to have had the problems in the past and thinking that they were invincible and, and uh, didn't take the, the risks as seriously. They seem to be the ones that have been spreading it. Um, and uh, a lot of those that, that are asymptomatic seem to be the young ones. All right. Thanks, Frank. I, pre- I appreciate that. Thank you, Frank. And I, you know, I think we have seen some evidence of that. There was, you know, certainly all of that evidence about the under 40s being um, the transmission source. Yeah, here's what I know. Here's what I know is that there, I know a lot of people in an older age bracket that are bending the rules. So I don't know about saying you youngsters are singling them out. I don't know how helpful that would be. But uh, that caller right there said yes to a curfew. Mike is calling from Orangeville. Mike, do you have reason to be outside? Should you not be in the house, sir? Well, I'm calling from Orangeville, but I live up in South Porcupine, and I bet you nine out of ten Trontonians don't know where that is. I include. I am amongst those. Where is South Porcupine, and is it close to at how? Halebury, Ontario, Kirkland Lake. So here. Ah, got it. Alan, and all due respect to you. Yep. Southern Ontario needs a curfew. We in the north have been doing what has supposed to be done. We have one new case in South Porcupine. We do not need a curfew. We do not need to be put down for 14 days. And also in regards to curfew, I'm not going to abide by it because you know what? There's snow, and I'm going to go snowmobiling. God bless you. God bless you, Mike. I, I, I appreciate what you got to say, and I, and I think from you know the perspective and we have to keep in mind, part of the reason that you, you might not have the transmission where you are is you have no population. So there's, I mean, you know, congratulations on keeping the numbers down, but I, I don't think it's a th- question of whether the North has just abided by the rules better than the South. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, Adam. Adam, do we need a curfew in a hard lockdown? Hard lockdown. Uh, I don't think we need a lockdown. I think we actually need more clear policy on offices. If you notice anything the government's released on what's locked down, they have mentioned nothing about offices. They leave it as a gray area so that people's employers can be like, oh, well, you still have to come in. My wife? She works from home three days a week and then in the office two days a week. I don't understand why there's not a policy on offices. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've seen that in other jurisdictions where they've said, listen, you know, if you're, there's no reason for your employees to be in unless it is an absolute essential business. And I think we're going to see that today, Adam. I do. I think that's going to be part of uh, the increase in restrictions. Let's go to Paul in Caledon. Do we need a curfew, Paul? Yes, we do need a curfew, just like you said, one that's hard, 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 hard. Um, so I live in Caledon, Peel Region, and we are obviously like Toronto in the uh, red, or sorry, the gray area, right? Locked down already. Everything's open. What the heck's going on? It's because your lockdown is flaccid, Paul. That's the problem. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> it comes with age, I guess. But you know what? No, it, it, it is time. Uh, throw the curfew in there. Get the kids off the street. I've seen kids going into uh, local restaurants, sharing one mask, um, people from different households getting into vehicles. they got to start pulling people over and become serious. And you know what? We're in a pande- uh, pandemic. If it's going to keep me healthy, if it's going to keep somebody else, he- somebody else healthy, new tongue, eh? I'm willing to give up those rights and, and start just start hammering the people who are breaking the law. That's All right, thanks. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. Here, here's what I, I'm really hoping is part of this um, announcement today at 1 o'clock, is that when we start talking about restrictions on movement, like like real some real enforcement, not only some finally maybe some actually consistent, coherent, and comprehensible communication. It's a lot of C's. It's a lot of alliteration for an anxious anchor. But not only that, some real enforcement here. So this kind of thing, right? Let, let's put let, let's put the OPP on maybe a major highway north south. Uh, let, let's say maybe on seven or nine or you know somewhere up in the cottage country, and just say we'll just put them up there, and we'll say like, yeah, okay, you're coming through. What's your reason to come through here? Where are you going? Where are you off to? I bet you the people in cottage country well, have probably mislabeled all the roads, and you're like, you don't even do you even live in this province. But you know my point it, is that we need some restrictions on movement, and I don't I don't want to live in a police state any more than you do. But if there's not some real enforcement and restrictions and handing out fines and saying, I'm sorry, but you're not essential, go home, then it doesn't really count, does it? I got time, I believe, for one more call. There's one more. Andrew, you're calling in from Bolden. I don't want me to put a lot of pressure on you, but you're the last caller. So here, make it good. Go. Okay. The guy who called from South Porcupine, the reason his numbers are as low as they are is because the population up in South Porcupine is nowhere near what it's like down in southern Ontario. So let's get our facts straight. Let's stop comparing apples to oranges. Got it. Our facts straight. I'm very tired okay. of hearing people talking about what it's like up in this area and that area. You're you're not comparing this apples to apples. Exactly. Of course not. And and, and it, it's like what you know, like if I talked about where I live, I you know live in the Upper Beach, you know, which is an affluent area, and I'm very fortunate. And you know, and so yeah, the numbers are really low in my area. You know where they're much higher? Like about five to ten kilometers east of me, where people live in a lot of uh, towers. They have exactly. to take transit. They have jobs that are you know in grocery stores or they're frontline workers. And that's the reason that those numbers are higher there. It's not because they're not doing what they're supposed to. Exactly. Thank you. I think that's an important call. Appreciate it, Andrew. Way to bring it home. Andrew for the win. Hard lockdown. That's the Alan Carter radio program. for. That's the Alan Carter podcast for today. Don't forget the radio program is live weekdays starting at noon.